welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Uh, welcome. So we are here live again. Had a little hiccup there. We have a rumble down right now, but uh, everything else is going. Rumble again. So I think I'm just going to have to get that worked out beforehand but uh it is february 20th and we are here for another show looking forward to the things that uh, we'll be covering it's going to be the tale of two cities yeah we'll talk about that and as we get into it so how has everybody's uh day been uh great holiday holiday the president's day today absolutely and that's uh what washington's birthday Yes, Washington, and they combine Lincoln also. So Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, his actual birthday is on February 12th, and uh, Washington is on the 22nd. But you know, it's all about the Hallmark holiday. So so we extended a lot of uh, our school locally was out Friday and out today, which is Monday the 20th, even though neither of those days are president's birthdays. Ah. I remember growing up, they had a day for Washington and a day for Lincoln. And then they combined the two and made President's Day. And I think they went to MLK for that extra day off. So you only have so many days off you're allowed. And so they kind of shuffle them around. And and, uh, so I don't know. Uh, Hopefully in the future, uh, maybe our grandkids uh, will be celebrating uh, Trump's birthday or something. Yeah, greatest president we've ever had. It'll be the goat birthdays, the greatest of all time birthdays. (laughs) There you go. Yes, the best of times. Great, the goat presidents. Oh, absolutely. That that reminds me, though, of that. um, There was a vision, wasn't there? A dream that uh, a president, uh, I believe it was Washington, Washington had. Yeah, about America being under attack. That would go through three major trials, and one of them was like think slavery. The second one was World War II, and then there was an internal trial that. He had on his deathbed that America would go through an internal trial and then they would, it was a vision he had, not a deathbed, right? Yeah, it was a vision. Uh, You know, a a, a figure came into his tent and called him the son of the Republic and and, uh, said, you know, these three things must happen. And he he never wrote that down, but he shared it with some close friends. And by sharing it with the close friends, um, it didn't get made public until I think 1861. And so, you know, some people call it fiction. I tend to believe it's not. There's so many supernatural experiences that George Washington had. George Washington, uh, when he was fighting and the Indians were fighting at the one particular war, yeah. um, you know, the chief himself said, um, you know, we stop wasting our time shooting at you. He says, I personally <laughs> hit you a bunch of times and obviously you didn't go down. And, you know, after that day of that war, even when uh president washington had come home he had bullet holes in his clothes that right. went all the way into the skin you know he's holding up his clothes his shirt or something and and uh you know he's like man i had holes and and uh, he was untouched and so the chief said you know don't waste your time on that guy just go after everybody else so there was definitely a divine protection <laughs> tried to kill that guy multiple times and we couldn't kill him they thought yeah. he was you know, i thought he was like supernaturally protected they said well i think he was supernaturally re- protected he was a tall pretty robust man i went to mount vernon when i was a child we lived in washington dc for about 10 years so i i just loved going there and you can smell the 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 ancient the antiquity in the place it was musty and it was beautiful and it was regal and 
Um, but Washington, he had diphtheria. He had tuberculosis. He had smallpox. He had malaria. He had dysentery. He had carbuncle. I'm not even sure what carbuncle is, but he had pneumonia. He had two horses shot out from underneath him. Uh, and I remember that his coats were filled with bullet holes. So it, it's so interesting. He was a difficult man to kill. And this is a picture of him. He actually um, died at 1020 in the evening. And um, it, I, I'm not sure why that was significant, but that they pulled out the um, there's in his museum, they pulled out the clock, the clock's works so that when he died, the, the clock stopped. And they actually had that in a, um, a museum with with for him. Wow. So, you know, he just was very, very resilient. And uh, that's the kind of leader you want in your yeah. nation. Well, and I think, you know, they wanted him to be king at one point. They wanted him to serve another set of, of years as another term. And he's like, nope, I'm going back to making whiskey. And we'll, I'm going to lay down the power and demonstrate what it means to serve your country and then lay the power down to the next person rather than just building power for yourself and for your family. And which, of course, we're seeing happen today, which is uh, sad. Um but yeah, I mean, what, a, what an amazing president, what an amazing man, amazing man of God. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I think he was, you know, supernaturally chosen, supernaturally gifted and called for such a time to be the person to be our first president. And he demonstrated, you know, humility and selflessness and the, all the things that we would like to see in our leaders that unfortunately we're not seeing today. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but there's also good things going on right now, right? There's yeah. We're in. Uh, we're actually seeing the beginning, beginnings of what many people believe is a revival, a world, you know, a nationwide billion soul harvest. We've talked about that uh, quite a few times, and uh, you know, I just I think that you know, here's a little clip actually of it right now from um, from, and we know all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. On the, on the deeper side of things, what's been happening here since Wednesday is there's a, there's a young army of believers who are rising to claim Christianity, the faith, as their own, as a young generation and as a free generation. And that's why people can't get enough. We don't know most of them. Um, we've obviously been getting calls, hundreds of calls to the university switchboard number, um, but we have friends here from Brazil, from Indonesia, um, almost every state. You have to wonder, you know, what's gonna break? And in this case, the Holy, the Holy Spirit has interceded for us here at Asbury and, and across the nation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So encouraging, you know, that the next generation taking up the torch, you know, um, I find it really encouraging because, you know, sometimes you, you, you feel like, oh, I've been carrying this torch for a while and, you know, will anybody else? And then you see a whole fresh new generation, you know, and, you know, it's really interesting God's timing on this because it's like, what, what's the date that 20th today in four days, 
they're going to have that movie, the Jesus revolution come out wow. talking about something right. similar where, where there was actually, uh, you know, a bunch of hippies of all people, right? Oh, hippies, you know, aren't they the sex, drugs, rock and roll crowd, but yet God used the most unlikely crowd and that influenced Christianity to this day. I mean, we got contemporary Christian music because of that. Um, we had, you know, I remember even in 1980 when I went to church, I waited till a hundred degree day before I decided to wear shorts because, you know, we were still breaking out of the bow tie or not bow tie, but ties, suits, things like that. You know, you had to have a down shirt and we went to polo. And even when I wore the shorts, I wore top siders and Argyle socks. I know that's pretty, uh, pretty weird now looking back it looked like a, what they call the preppy you know and so it's like okay i can't just wear shorts and a t-shirt i you know and it happened to be like a 105 degree day in san jose and it was interesting because one other person happened to do it the same day we were the first two to wear shorts you know and so you know these hippies came in with you know barefoot and long hair and so it really changed things where it was more welcoming I understand the whole thing about wearing your very best. Uh, there is a there is a rich tradition about that, a respect, but at the same time, you can mm -hmm. kind of be may, become legalistic about it, and it, and it can exclude people, maybe people that don't financially have a nice suit, uh, you know, or a, a very nice dress, and and they might feel like oh, and it becomes a barrier, and that's when you got to get rid of it. If it's yeah. a barrier, get rid of it. And yeah. so these people kind of help get that barrier uh, removed. So yes, another revival. And so we'll, it'll be exciting to see what comes of this one. Well, and that's the answer that America needs as an, as a revival. I mean, we're here yeah. to wake, we're here to wake California up. We're here to wake the nation. We're here to talk about what's going on. Um, but the reality is, is the answer is mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I had the exact opposite of, of um, coming out. I My father was an, an uh, agnostic and my mother was a very moral woman, uh, but she she didn't know anything about Jesus and she didn't know anything really about religion. She was just uh, more of a, a kind Girl Scout kind of person. And when um, I, I heard about Jesus for the first time, I wasn't, we didn't know about church. It was through a more of a parachurch, the, the Jesus movement. So my experience of church is we would put on our shorts with our swimsuits underneath. We would go to Calvary Chapel um, and then we would go to Laguna Beach afterwards because you could wear shirt, shorts to church and, and the worship was incredible. And uh, often we'd go share Jesus on the beach. So it was, uh, wow. you know, I was just a teenager and uh, one of my brothers could, was old enough to drive. So we'd load up the van and off we went to Calvary Chapel and then to the beach. Yeah, my, oh, my, man. Both my parents, uh, my dad was a uh, pot smoking, long haired hippie after Vietnam. He came home and he got radically touched by Calvary Chapel, mm -hmm. got baptized and his whole life was turned around for the better because of that movement. So I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. Rockford. My wow. family and a bunch of our friends are going to go see it uh, this coming Friday night. So, oh wow, where's yeah. the plane? Is it open in theaters or? Yeah, it opens in theaters on Wednesday, yeah. and then um, a Wednesday sneak peeks. Thursday it opens, and then Friday. So I'm going to go see it on Friday over in San Jose, Saratoga. Wow. Yeah, we might have it in our own town too. I mean, they played the Chosen. You know, the Chosen was played uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So I, I haven't seen it yet posted in our own town. I hope it does. Yeah. If you're going to yeah, well, talk about Jesus and hippies, I think Santa Cruz would be a good place to do it. 
Well, yeah, you know, the person that plays Lonnie Frisbee in that movie actually plays Jesus in The Chosen. So yeah. it's uh, Jonathan Romy. So, uh, yeah, perfect person for it. So it, yeah. it'd be awesome. So what's going on in the world? That's what oh, we got to get to here. That's what, that's what people want to hear. Yeah. Tonight's the theme is America burning or is it or is it the tale of two cities, Kiev versus Ohio? I, I don't know. I think a little bit of both. <laughs> it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. That was Charles Dickens. Uh, he he wrote about London and about Paris, and it really was around this um, the same time as the American Revolution that that book uh, Tale of Two Cities came out in 1775. And I I'm a big Dickens fan, and um, that that was kind of. Dickens was one of the, um, the the people who got stirred the masses with his um, his fiction, and he used the narrative of the extreme poverty. I mean, he he wrote about Oliver Twist. He wrote Great Expectations and uh, David Copperfield. All of those about the extreme poverty in society, and he changed a lot of things. And a lot of the the storyline of his books were for that purpose of he was kind of a um an one of the early bloggers who got things um people thinking and people beginning to respond and so he caught the emotions and and he really exposed the very um the very painful reality of what was going on in uh the social social uh sphere of people dying of poverty and sickness and smallpox and plague and here we have a society that was all about, all selfishly about their own thing with the um, the the, aristoc the aristocracy. And so we're kind of in the same tale of two cities. What are the two cities you think we're part of? Oh, well, I think it's Kiev versus Ohio. I, I yeah. think, uh, you know, all, all of this money that's being poured into... Uh, into Ukraine, I think we're at like what hundred billion dollars according to Ukraine. Uh, I think the uh, politicians are, you know, visiting Ukraine. It's just all. Uh, it's almost like everything matters in Ukraine and nothing matters in America, even though you've got a massive train derailment and chemical fire that is polluting water and mm -hmm. air. Uh, it's weird how the globalists all of a sudden they don't care about the environment all that much. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. totally, totally quiet totally quiet you know well it doesn't have an esg score when it uh, all those chemicals go down the, the storm drain you know yeah but <laughs> don't be using it. your chainsaw though chris and no, no, <laughs> no right. lawnmower but we're gonna let that fire burn with all those chemicals yeah yep gotta go to battery operated blowers you know yeah it's absolutely crazy you know um Speaking of that, we were talking a little bit last week about uh, that movie that came out, White Noise. So I decided to watch some of it, uh, you know, and that was basically the same thing that really happened. It was basically it was a train derailment in Ohio, and it was actually quite weird. The, the movie, to be honest, it was just weird about a guy who 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 does. Uh, he's a I don't know. He's an expert on Adolf Hitler and he teaches in school about Adolf Hitler, everything, his childhood and all that stuff. And, it, it, you know, it's kind of a comical thing. And but, you know, there are some really weird quotes, you know, all plots are for or are for death, you know, and it's it, so they started saying all these weird things in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, all plots <laughs> are towards death or for death, you know, and and then they talked about. The government is not telling you everything. And everybody would say that the government's not telling us everything. There's more to this, you know, 
And it's almost as if they're just really letting it all out there. Or it's, it could just be some Hollywood person's uh, matching opinion that the government is not telling you everything. And, you know, we saw that with uh, even how the EPA said that uh, the drinking water, it's okay to drink the water. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. yet you're seeing videos from people on the ground, boots on the ground. They throw rocks into rivers and creeks. Right. And then you see all this stuff that bubbles up and it looks like, you know, oil slick, uh, you know, a rainbow, rainbow colored uh, sheen on the water. So you, you definitely don't want to be drinking that stuff. And it looked horrible. I mean, you've probably seen those videos, too. Oh, yeah. They're out there. Truth right. is getting out. You know, this, it's such an exciting time right now because, you know, before the Internet, with all the garbage that's on it it was really hard to get truth. It really easy to yeah. cover it up. You just said the water's good and people in Ohio could not tell you otherwise because how would you, you know, they're going to write a they book know. about it and publish it or, or call you in person. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't have that instant, um, you know, video podcast, boom, put it out there. TikTok, you know, um, rumble, Facebook, you know, all those things saying, Hey, look what's in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And now we have that. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really hard to, to cover yeah. things up now. And it's really exciting because that is, that truth is getting out. And so, yeah, I don't believe they EPA on this one at all. I think they're, they're totally lying and there must be a reason why they're lying, you know? Yeah. I think it's a, I think I, you know, I think our, our, our country's on fire. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we, you know, there's the amount of, um, train derailments, um, chemical fires going on in Texas, um, Florida, there's a couple different ones. And, and it's like, and then if you put that together with mm -hmm. the sabotaging of the food uh, processing plants and then the egg farms, it's just feels like there's a multi prong attack mm -hmm. on our country and on its critical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for why, like what, what is the, I mean, I, I, I don't, there's no, there's no coincidences that this is, these things don't right. just happen. And, and then there's one, I think there's one that shows there's like 12 different events that have happened like this recently. And then before that it was the food plants and there was like 30 of them and a plane crashing into a food processing plant. It, it just yeah. too many, too many at a time to be uh, just a coincidence. Yeah. And I've been told uh, it's been reported mm -hmm. that most of those are in very red areas. Red hmm. districts and stuff, and that might be why even Ohio was treated the way it was treated. You know, so r what had happened was is that the uh, FEMA wasn't going to do anything; they weren't going to give any uh, support. There were going to be no government support checks and all that stuff. And it wasn't until Donald Trump said, "Hey, I'm going to visit you guys," <laughs> really right. change things. And now all of a sudden, right after yeah. that. The the uh, the FEMA and you know Joe Biden's like oh we're gonna visit or we're gonna come in and support and they changed they did a 180 on their their support you know and basically the reason why they weren't gonna support it is they said that the structures are all standing up you know yeah. but who cares if your house is standing up if it was say radioactive or something you know right. uh, you can't go in can't breathe the air you can't drink the water. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i'm not saying it's radioactive but as an example you know and if it's completely toxic and you're gonna die of cancer in 10 years because you stay there or something yeah. like that you know that has to be accommodated you know people bought houses those houses are probably worthless now and so mm -hmm. yeah so what do you got here oh yes that one <laughs> i mean cnn even covered this yeah <laughs> so it took a couple of days it might be sketchy to uh, get my wits about me. Biden and FEMA said that they would not be sending federal aid to East Palestine. As soon as I announced that I'm going, he announced the team will go. Huh? 
Hopefully he will also be there. This is good news because we got them to move. The people of East Palestine need help. I'll see you on Wednesday. Mm. Even Newsweek covered this. Shocker. And never forget that $100 billion for Ukraine, nothing for Ohio. Yeah. New Ukraine package takes U.S. war zone aid to $100 billion bucks. Yeah. But starting to wake folks up. I don't know what will. Look at this list. Look at this list. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Acid yeah. spill in L.A. January 28th, a February 2nd, the polyvinyl spill in Ohio. Uh, 500 gallons of acid leak in Ohio, a fuel pipeline leak in California, waste plant fire in Florida, hazmat train crash, um, hazmat you know train crash again, one in Texas, one in South Carolina, nitric acid spill in Arizona, chem tank fire, Oklahoma, and a five-acre warehouse fire in Florida. Wow. It, just, it just seems like America is on fire right now. Like we're, yeah. America is burning, you know? Yeah. We actually had one this afternoon. Uh, this afternoon uh, in Ohio, uh, Bedford, Ohio, it was a metal plant, uh, metal alloys plant, and 13 people are, 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 are harmed right now. Big fire, very toxic. Uh, that just happened just hours ago. Wow. So, yeah. yes. Uh, well, you in, know. In East Palestine, their, uh, their mayor's name is Trent Conaway, and, you know, the narr- I think the Americans are going to see very quickly what what is the reality that um, T- Conaway was furious. He was furious when he heard that Biden was on the Ukraine war front and not on the the war front. It's a very real war front. What's going on in East Palestine? I mean, it's an information war, but there's something else insidious going on. Don't forget, our borders have been open for two years, and it's um, there have been there have been uh, real terrorists that have come across our borders, mm-hmm. and there um, there are people who do not like this nation right. really roaming around our nation with little or no um, censorship at all. And so some of these disasters, when you hear about the power grids coming down, the fires in the chicken factories or in, in egg factories or things that are affecting our food, our food line um, in um, various derailments, you've got to think, uh, who's behind this? Right. Somebody is behind this because in less than 30 days, you saw the list of things that have taken place. Well, and then the other one is the attacks on uh, critical power structure, the um, substations. There have been attacks on substations mm-hmm. that have some of them been thwarted, um, but um, but they're raising the level of awareness. So it, it does seem like there's a multi-prong attack against American critical infrastructure to uh, kind of de- you know take us out or uh, make our strength not as strong. So that um, you know, I don't know what's coming, but man, it, it's uh, you know, there's definitely. Um, something going on in the air that's not good that we need to be praying and I and I think that these attacks will fail but I think we definitely need to be praying and asking God for his mm-hmm. help and, and prayers have power so mm-hmm. and I think that this was the revival we're seeing is a response to all the darkness that we've been seeing and all the you know thousands and thousands of people showing up at a college because they want they want a touch from God that's that's where our country is right now. We we are in desperate need of of a touch from God because we have yeah. so much so much darkness out there, so much uncertainty, so much deception. I mean, there's just you know, uh, you know who knows what the next one is. I think you did a bear pause, Chris, on on the whole alien thing. I think you know that 
Mm-hmm. It's like, it seems like they're trying to roll out everything, you know, the aliens yeah. for a while, then it's the environmental protections, then it's the, then it's the Ukraine war, world war three. And they just keep taking us around these fear stories to just mm-hmm. keep the American people's, it's almost like def, de, trying to def, def, uh, deplete our, our energy and our, and our, and, and, and almost like a attempt to kind of like psychologically torment us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, um, uh, the video out of Ontario, Canada, you know, there's a big cold snap going through the, the middle of America right now and definitely in, in Canada. And they were showing on Twitter the, this snow. And as it was melting, it's, you know, it's just north of East Palestine. And the streets were covered with this rainbow film as the snow was melting and they said they've never seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. I know I used to do, um, uh, I worked for the the fire department and one of the things we trained all the time is um, we, we cared first about human lives and we cared. um, So we, we were rescuing uh, human life first. The environment was number two and then stuff, you know, like the contents of a home, what, Um, stuff that you could buy and that was insured was number three. And so after we would first do the rescue, we'd go in immediately rescue people. And meanwhile, the, uh, even if it was just a house fire, we would, the hazmat unit would cover the storm drain. So nothing of our runoff from the house fire Mm. would go into the storm drains. I mean, that's just a normal SOP. There was always someone that was, that was their first consideration. That was their whole thing is they were, um, they were um, assigned to that. Now, if it were a, a real hazardous spill, like we would have periodically, that would be very, very high priority. And we would get quite a few, we would dike things. We got, we had bumpers to dike things and we had, um, we had uh, Visqueen and, and other tarps uh, right away to stop things from going into the waterways because we knew that everything downstream, we would have to clean up. If we didn't get it fast, that we as um, our our municipality would be responsible for that. You know, actually, uh, D.C. Drano uh, did a truth that was really appropriate to what you were just saying about the. By federal law, and it says a toxic cloud affecting multiple states falls under federal jurisdiction. And he says that the uh, the chemical burns required the Department of Transportation and the EPA approval and likely got a final sign off by Biden. Mm-hmm. So now you know why they're ignoring this crisis, because it's their fault, you know. And so that was an interesting, interesting uh, point that uh, D.C. Drano makes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what do you think about uh, Buttigieg and um and that response from the the Secretary of Transportation. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, that was uh, so. So Buttigieg, he he comes out there finally, not there, but he 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 makes a statement and he blames Trump for this this issue. And basically, what had happened was in 2015, Congress had passed a bill and a decision that affected a breaking rule. And in 2018, it went into effect under his administration, uh, Trump's administration. And basically, uh, because they did this fast track uh, Congress and all that, they 
they did not implement the ECP, which is an electronic controlled pneumatic braking for high hazard flammable trains. But this would not have affected a mixed uh, freight train. And so according to the, uh, the chairperson of the National Transportation Safety Board, Jennifer uh, Homendy, um, she says that this would have never affected Basically, she tells Buttigieg to, to, to be quiet. She says, you know, you're, you're bringing out misinformation. She says, you know, this would have never affected this train. This train is a mixed freight train that contains only three cars of class three flammable liquids. So according to the NS, or NTSB, um, you know, this would not have affected at all. And so Buttigieg pointing the finger at Trump and she's just like, shut up. That had nothing to do with it and wow. wouldn't have changed anything. And so, you know, he instantly made it uh, political, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's really it's really frustrating because, I mean, to be honest, I don't even remember what Buttigieg was in charge of. All I know is he was parading this like nursing a child on your, your chest feeding thing and, you know, and him and his lover, you know, have a kid. And, you know, and it was all this attention of that. I don't know how qualified he really was even with this uh, department of transportation or, or called uh, pure diversity hire. Oh yeah, exactly. Some yeah. new form of quota, you know? Um, and so anyway, yeah, he was on Twitter complaining that too many people are paying they're they're paying too much attention to East Palestine because he says there are thousands of cases of train derailments a year. And, and there are quite a few train derailments, but but that is, there's just something wrong. Well, not with, with that kind of response. Toxic chemical fires every time there's a train derailment that that actually is destroying water and infrastructure and 10% of the drinking water in that region. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's, it's a major, major uh, Chernobyl style event, they're saying. You know, this is not just a derailment you know, where uh, Home Depot lumber is all scattered everywhere. This was something that affected drinking water that may not get cleaned up. I mean, it gets in the ground. I, I'm not sure how long half-lives are. Uh, this is this could be a very major thing. I think the thing that's bringing even more attention is the lack of support. I mean, you had, you know, the resident go out to uh, Ukraine. Yeah. And yeah. What was that, today or yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Uh, you know, and and all this tough talk, you know, to, to, to Putin and all that, and, you know, and just the amount of money he's throwing at them. I mean, it, it, I even found a clip where he talked about pensions that they, um, that they would, I should probably pull that. No, I'm not going to pull it up. It's on Facebook, but he talks about, Hey, we need to support these people. Uh, you know, financially we need to provide food, clothing. And then he says, we need to, uh, support their pensions keep them, you know, and I'm thinking, gosh, I don't even get a pension from the government. And, and here he's going to pay for pensions in Ukraine. I mean, it's just absolutely upside down crazy. That's called being compromised. Yeah. Oh very very compromised. Very compromised. You know, it's like, I remember when, uh, you know, he was uh, making a big joke. He was on caught on tape, the resident Biden caught on tape, tape talking about how he had was going to withhold all of the funds for the weapons for Ukraine if his if they didn't fire his son, you know, his the person that was investigating his son and yeah, Burisma. Yeah, what did you know it? They they fired him, you know, it's like I saw a meme today it had a Zelensky saying, 
I told Biden if he didn't send us the if he didn't send us more money, I'm going to let people know about his uh, corruption. And son of a jar, you know, it's, yeah. got that money, you know, same type of thing, quid pro quo going on, you know. Yep. Hey, actually, I do have that. Let me play that where he talks about the pensions. Just um, so let me just play that real quick. And to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. Hmm. Around the globe. So, yeah, kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Pensions. It's, it's interesting how little, the globe. People, how little people know about Ukraine. I mean, obviously, we've you know hosted um, you know uh, an expert on Ukraine on here on one of our shows, um, and you know we've watched some of the the video and the footage. But some people just think you know Ukraine just it, it started the the war and Ukraine just it started with Putin putting his troops on the border. Like they don't remember anything that has happened up to that point, or they don't even know about. Um, the fact that, you know, that we had promised that Putin, we wouldn't you know, expand NATO any further east. And and basically we've provoked them. I mean, talk about waking the bear. We've actually provoked this yeah. war and we're we continuing that there. Yeah, we we'll continue to provoke it. And instead of getting over there and saying, hey, let's come up with an agreement of peace, you know, the. The powers that be don't do not want peace. They they want this conflict to go forward and they yeah. want to really crush Russia rather than say, all right, listen, what, what's the problem here? Well, you know, the, you, there's been 12, 12 to 15,000 you know, people killed in the Dunbass region by Nazis, you know, and, and our people are, you know, German, you know, Russian speaking people. And you guys said you weren't going to expand NATO, and now you've expanded NATO into 13 more yeah. states, and you're right up against our border. And I remember there was actually a general that was being questioned about this by a, a journalist, and he said, "Well, if Russia's feeling, you know, this this is not a good deal, isn't it our fault? Like we said, we wouldn't come right up on your border, right? And and then we did. It's like, imagine if yeah. America, imagine if America had Russia building, uh, you know, you know, chemical plants, and you know." military industrial complex event you know look you know places in mexico or canada right up to the edge of our border we wouldn't have chinese balloons flying yeah, over our land that down, would never let that happen we'd be oh, sending no. down troops to stop that i mean you know a, a president that had his brain <laughs> yeah, on would send troops true. our president lets anybody come in so uh, you know waits waits a whole week before he shoots down a balloon yeah not my president but yeah <laughs> well, in Kiev, it's so interesting. You know, Biden was there today and um, there was a CNN broadcaster there, Alex Marcard, and he was um, he's been there for quite a while covering covering the situation. And it, uh, he said, for the past five days, I've uh, I haven't heard any explosions. I haven't heard any air sirens. I haven't heard anything. But a half an hour ago, right after President Biden uh, uh got into the center of Kiev, the air sirens started. And then um, the serious question, he says, uh, that there it was like a Kodak moment. So they, they were out there in the middle of the square, uh, Zelensky and Biden, while these air sirens were going on. But nobody 
was going into a shelter and nobody uh, was responding to the fact that there were like these air raid sirens going on. So it obviously there was no threat and it appeared to all be a prop. Yeah, that's a prop. They, they, uh, they, they sanitize that for your protection. They're just, yeah. uh, they're just making stuff. This is all theater. I mean, a lot of this is theater. And, you know, it's not like, okay, Zelensky, good. Ukraine, good. Russia, bad. It's like the, those very simplistic narratives are not helpful at all. We need to find out what does, what, you know, how do we bring peace to this situation? And no one's talking peace. No one's trying to find that out. And, you know, D Donald Trump says, hey, if I was president right now, I'd, that war would stop like this. In 24 hours. 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. And they did want to have, uh, you know, Zelensky and Putin were going to have a, an agreement. They wanted to work out an agreement. And it was Boris Johnson who came and said, no, you are not going to, you know, Boris is, is part of the deep state too. And he, he canceled that peace talk. And so they, you know, that was at the very beginning, you know, they're celebrating a one year anniversary of this war, but I, I don't believe it's one year at all. I think we've been at yeah. war since 2014. That's right. And, uh, Victoria Nolan and her crew came in and did the color revolution. And that person that we actually, um, interviewed that did the movie Ukraine on Fire, Igor mm -hmm. Leponik. Um, he, you know, he he breaks it down really clearly. He shows the footage, and it's exactly what we saw in our mostly peaceful protest when they were trying to get Donald Trump out in the elections and how how you throw elections. You get all these thugs and you start supporting the thugs, and then you you know they started new camera crews or new stations news stations and they started reporting really limited things just like you know what you do is you you beat up a bunch of cops you set them on fire and then when they fight back then you turn the cameras on and go oh look what these cops are doing you know and it was that kind of tactic and they got the people against the authorities in ukraine and they basically just just you know played them like a violin and next mm -hmm. thing you know they get somebody that's pro nato and then nato is pu pushing like uh Brandon had said right on the border. Yeah. Ukraine on fire documentary with Oliver Stone. Uh, it was a really well done. I would, I would definitely uh, recommend you uh, watching that anybody out there. Uh, it, it was just really well done. Uh, Hollywood, Hollywood quality. Um, That's Victoria Newland right there. Obviously Putin, mm -hmm. you know, um, he, he Putin says to Oliver Stone in the film, he says, why do you care about what's going on over here? He says, because I care about peace. And I want I want our world to be at peace. I want our countries to be at peace. So yeah. And, and that that's that's what we should all be praying for. That's what we should all be telling our government and our leaders and the people that the the those have been selected above us that, that, that they should be working towards peace, not not stoking war. Yeah. The sad thing is, is I think that people's voices are not being implemented into um you know, into action. So well, I, I think if you take polls, I, they're taking polls now. The majority of people don't want yeah. this. And so it's not reflecting the majority of people. Not to say that you make decisions off of polls, but at least you're getting what mm -hmm. the people want, you know. And so ultimately you're supposed to represent the people. So I, I guess in some ways a poll, poll could be uh, valuable. You know, what, what do the people want? Well, yeah, and this is the problem. Governments around the world are more worried about, are more concerned about globalism than they are about what their people want. And they're actually going to these conferences. I saw one just yesterday 
you know, there was this you know, guy railing about how nationalism is the threat to democracy and globalist plans. And like, yeah, because lo the local people should be determining who rules them, who makes their, de their decisions. They should be ruling themselves. We, the people. And so we're definitely a, the, the, there's a, a, a resounding crying out all around the world saying, we do not want these globalist agendas going and going forward anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we're, I mean, this is, I'm going to play this one right now. Listen to this woman in the European parliament. September, the lack of interest in finding answers to who was behind the Nord Stream gas explosion has been frankly astounding. This was an act of sabotage, an act of unrivaled vandalism, economically and environmentally, and not a word, no discussion, no questions. Then along comes Seymour Hirsch, the world's most acclaimed, distinguished, living investigative journalist. He produces a detailed claim that the United States executed this explosion with the help of Norway. Planned months before the invasion, a Norwegian Navy P-8 surveillance plane dropped a sonar buoy on the 26th of September, which triggered explosions planted by U.S. Navy Panama City divers three months earlier under a NATO exercise and still nothing. I don't know what happened, but I want to know. This is a man who doesn't make claims lightly, a man with contacts. And I find it frankly jaw-dropping that the EU is not asking questions as to who is responsible for sabotaging the livelihoods of our citizens. I am ashamed to be a European. Wow. Yeah, powerful. Powerful yeah. statement. And this is and this is the the reality that the 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 globalists there's obviously a global cabal that are pushing a globalist mm -hmm. agenda and this woman is you know another one from another country and, and, and you know saying they're not listening to our own people they're blowing up our livelihood and it's all to push this agenda now the good news is that they're going really fast. Like if you're knowing, yeah. noticing that, gosh, it's happening all the time and, and gosh, it's happening fast. Well, their plan was to take 16 years mm -hmm. to do this and they've sped it up and they're making mistakes and their egos are now involved. The globalist egos are now involved, which is what you want when narcissists you know, are, are in charge of stuff is that shows that how they don't really care about the people. Now we need like, um, we need to see some legislation and we need to see some court cases. And I think of the one that's going on, the Brunson case is actually being re they're going to be rehearing it, um, the Supreme court. And if that happens, then praise God, because the people are now holding their, their, their elected representatives, representatives accountable. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, when you do things fast, a lot of times you, and, and you have all these skeptical people out there, it's easy to make mistakes and get caught. You know, even uh, what was it last week? Uh, Seymour Hirsch. Now he was a Nobel uh, Prize winner, Pulitzer. I'm sorry, Pulitzer uh, Prize winner in uh, reporting the killings, uh, the melee killings in Vietnam in 1970. That was his claim to fame. He, it's where the U.S. government came in and they they wiped out 500 Vietnamese. Well, last week it was. He actually reported about the Nord Stream uh, yeah. that uh, tied Biden to it, and, and so that he had a, a Navy Navy team go plant uh, explosives down there on the floor when they were doing 
NATO exercises. So they were already above it at the time. So they just simply jump off those boats doing the exercises, plant that. And then Norway drops a buoy. And that buoy was the thing that triggered those explosives. And, and this was done three months in advance of, of the actual explosion. And so he, he lays it all out. Well, this is a guy that had a lot of credibility. I mean, he blew the, you know, the melee killings in Vietnam. He also did, do you remember uh, the Iran or Iraqi war, actually, the Iraqi war where we were abusing, the U.S. troops were abusing Iraqi detainees. They were dressing them up weird and yeah. shocking them and, you know, making them walk around naked and doing all these despicable things. Well, he, he blew the lid on that as well. So this is a journalist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually, I was really encouraged by it because the guy's 85 now. And so for those of you who think, oh, I'm past my prime when I used to be able to do so much in college, mm -hmm. you know, and really stir the pot, but I'm getting old and settled. This is a guy that's 85 that just put that out there. Wow. And his claim to fame was in 1970. That's 50 years ago. And so to me, that says that you're never too old to step in the game, get involved. You see something, say something. And so uh, I was really encouraged by uh, Seymour's uh, work that he had done. Seymour Hirsch. Now that's, the, that's who she was speaking yeah. about, his yes. work. And she was like, I want it. I don't know exactly what happened, but I want I want the the mainstream news networks to pick this up and and follow the thread and find out mm -hmm. what happened. And nobody's doing that. And that's the problem is that they they're looking the other way and don't look here and don't look there. And they're in this you know the six corporations that run most of the media in America are mm -hmm. hiding things from us and misdirecting us to other things and not showing us what we need to be we need to know to make decisions for the we the people to actually mm -hmm. rule ourselves in this country well nobody's doing anything until somebody's doing something i mean you look at twitter right we were like upset for years oh i can't believe nobody's doing anything and what happens you get you know a multi-billionaire comes along buys up twitter and everything ex is exposed so you know it's god's timing god's plan uh and there's no fighting back that one i mean it is such a open and closed case these people Instantly were before Congress, what, just two weeks ago, right? And they were getting drilled and grilled by a lot of members of Congress. You know, well, hey, yeah. uh, where did you get your medical degree? Oh, I don't have one. Oh, say that again. Uh, I don't have one. But yet you overruled, mm -hmm. you know, doctors Stanford, that came from Stanford and Harvard. and Harvard. You know, yeah, you saw that. And, and well, we like, showed it last week. Remember, we showed that close yeah. clip. So yeah. watch show 74 where it talks about the, all of the, all the investigations. The tide is turning. Yep. And that was a really encouraging thing. So things are happening, you know, things yep. are definitely well, happening. Well, and not only that, the the CEO of YouTube just stood, stepped down. Yeah. Not for nine years. And it was the same week that Jim Jordan subpoenaed her to come yeah. before Congress. Yeah, definitely. She, she, she stepped probably. down to spend more time with her family is what she said. You know, that's a very popular one. I hear all the time. I spend more time with the family. Yeah, I guess you want to do that before you're wearing orange and you can't, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you know, I, I also wanted to bring up, you know, we, we brought up the Tale of Two Cities and you talk about London and you talk about Paris way back in the end of the 1700s, beginning of the 1800s. And, and you know, there, there's a big difference too of, of groups of people that followed Christ and groups of people that did not. And yeah. you see what had happened. You know, why Europe was just bathed in bloodshed with the French Revolution, wars, famine, sickness. You had people like Voltaire, 
that was just totally promoting the infidelity and the sexualizing of everything. You have that, you have Adam Weissip, you know, creating the Illuminati. And, and, and so you have all this devious stuff happening and, and, but then you, you contrast that with what was happening in England, yet they still had a lot of the same problems, right? Poverty and sickness and stuff like that. But then you had the Great Awakening. You had George Whitfield preaching, and it was just like on fire, and people were coming to God. Yeah. And even in the Revolutionary War that came, and it did go, but yet we are the best of allies, right? I mean, the, the Europe, or not Europe, but England and the U.S. They're like brothers, and okay. I, I personally believe they are brothers, Manasseh and Ephraim, and that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, but but you see the difference, and that Great Awakening spilled over to the United States. You right. know, with uh, what was it, jo uh, John Wesley, and and so what had happened? You have this abundance of growth. Things were happening. Churches were growing. People were prospering, and then you look at the results of of what had happened in Paris. You know, with all that bloodshed, disease. <laughs> infidelity and even you can see the culture there's a definitely a, a difference in culture because of it and so i i would say you know we're seeing that today there's a contrast there there's some darkness that's coming but there are also things like the asbury you know revival where there's glimmers of people that are pressing into god and you're going to see that contrast but you're going to say you know you we're going to look back and go what what side did i stay on did i go down the side that just went crazy left woke or did I go into a, a side that's conservative, that honors God and family and, and things like that? And so don't grow weary. You know, uh, Chris did a, a wonderful bear pause uh, just the other day. And I would encourage you to go back to, to watch that uh, from our website, uh, which is wakethebearradio.com under bear pause. And uh, she just talked about, well, the encouragement. Tell us a little bit of what you, what you talked about, Chris. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Um that we really are the solution to the every situation that is coming up. We can't expect somebody to show up on a white horse and and rescue us. That it it's up to the everyday people to rise up, say what they see, and to stand up for what they they know they want to um, see manifest. So if there's something that's dark. Um, we're the ones, the believers of Jesus, the, the ones who call themselves Christians are the ones that are, are really the most responsible for opposing uh, those things from the kingdom of darkness, those things that are obviously evil. And you know what's evil because it causes death. It's those death structures. There's things that cause family demise. There are things that cause um, uh that that bring in um, uh, injustice and uh, things that bring in sickness, things that that bring in the inability to exercise the God-given freedoms that we have. And so, uh, really, my my bare pause was it was an exhortation to say we are the solution and we need to rise up and be the solution. Yeah. We got to quit waiting for the single man on a white horse. And I don't mean Jesus. We are waiting for him. But, uh, you know, but people like Trump, uh, President Trump, you know, he's not going to do he's a single man. He needs all of us. We are all part of the plan, as, as uh, you know, General Michael Flynn would say, we are the plan. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, and that's not to say that it's it's, you know, meant to be it's only up to me. 
God uses yeah. us and we're part of God's plan and God chooses to use us. He yeah. is training us to be his children. Well, we are his children, but to be like him, you know, if you're going to live forever, you got to have conviction, you got to have belief and you got to have gone through the hard times, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to be lazy in this life, but I'm going to be in charge of all this stuff. And in the life to come, you know, Jesus talks about these parables, you'll be in charge of cities and things like that. It's like, no, I think it's going to be that you have to work these things out now. And, you know, and it's not just like, oh, he's going to make me in charge. I've done right. nothing in this life at all yeah. with no conviction. That was ashamed of the gospel, ashamed of what I believed, you know, and didn't say anything. Well, you're just going to be in a position where you don't do much anymore after that either. Uh, but you're you're in and, you know, that's great. So that's at least what I believe. I don't know. Yeah, and our, our convictions are the kingdom of God should look like something. It should look like, what does it look like if the king is reigning and the king being King Jesus? What does it mean to bring heaven to earth, you know, on earth as it is in heaven? And it means that we, we oppose those things that are um, that are obviously evil, those things that cause death, those things that that bring in perversion and that that um, ruin the family and and cause um, the the weakening of godly structures. Yeah, and and really, it's it's. I think you know the 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 judgment starts with the church. You know, I think when we say revival, that's when the the body of Christ is revived, and only and revival is what actually is the salt and the light that sustains and 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 brings light and darkness and stops the decay of, of corruption. And it's interesting. You were mentioning a couple of the reformers or of the revivalists. There's one Charles Finney actually said, if Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. Yeah. If our yeah. politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of government are, are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. So you know, as a pastor, I hear this, you know, this mm -hmm. old revivalist challenging the pulpits of America. And I, and I just want to challenge the pulpits of America, the, the pulpits in, in California and Santa Cruz and Northern California, Southern California. If we don't speak out and start speaking up, we can, we, we, you know, we will lose this nation. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage the church. Don't be so worried don't be so scared, so timid that people are going to, you know, they're going to hate you. The Bible says clearly that they, they hated me. They're going to hate you. No servant is greater than his master. If you're actually in the game and you're fighting, you're preaching the gospel, but you're also calling out corruption, people are going to call you a conspiracy theorist because that's what they do. You know, you know they, they're conspiracy theorists too. They just don't believe in the one you believe in. And so, you know, I, I just realized that we're, you know, we're, we cannot be timid. We cannot shrink back. We have to step into what God's called us to say and speak and do and not be timid, not be fearful, not be ashamed of the gospel and not be ashamed of calling out corruption and saying, this is evil. This is wicked. Going to, to the, the, the school board meetings and saying, I'm not okay with you guys promoting transgenderism to preteens. You know, I'm not okay with them while they're the, they're in the middle of their most vulnerable times in their sexuality, you're telling them they must be a girl. They must be a boy when they're not, that is, that is evil. And we need to speak out against it. And there's more and more things like, you know, critical race theory, which tries to separate us into the haves and the haves nots or the class wars or the racism, you know, the, the you know, to, you know, turning back all the work that Martin Luther King jr. Did and where he was basically saying, 
you know, he dreamed of a time where people were judged by the content of their character and not the color of our skin. And yet we're allowing CRT to come into our schools and the lowest levels and to create division between races again. Mm -hmm. it's, it's completely turning backwards from all the great things that have happened in this country. And I think that's one of the reasons why a concept like Make America Great Again is there are some great things about America. Mm -hmm. There's also some yes. happy things, too. But every country has crappy things. I, I think we're the second country that uh, outlawed um, slavery. And yet we're the worst. Like, no, we were the oh, there's still countries in the world right now that still have slavery. Right. right. Well, yeah, I think we're one of them. We just don't we don't call it that human trafficking is slavery. There's more slavery going on in the world now than at any other time in human history. So. Yes. But I it mean, has been the Christians at the forefront of fighting it. And that's so right. That, uh, they have. Yeah. I hear missionaries all the time that are helping, you know, uh, fight that. And, and they're buying, you know, I mean, I'm even involved uh, in Malawi where we buy dresses for little girls. Because if mm -hmm. a little girl has a nice dress, that means she probably has a family, family that's paying attention to her. And the ones that are in rags are the ones that usually become trafficked, they say. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just something as small oh. as that. And so... Anyway, yes, Christians are on the rise of doing what's right. We are coming up to the end of our hour. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just I want to say please subscribe and like us on Clout Hub, Rumble, um, Rumble Live, Twitter, Facebook Live, and YouTube. Um, you know, YouTube's now not in the hands of a of a tyrannist, uh, tyrannist. So maybe we'll be able to stay on there. But we're at wakethebearradio.com. You can watch any of our shows there. And uh, hey, thanks for joining this us. We're going to yeah. Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO 1080 on your AM dial. Oh.